Well, praise the Lord. Let's try that again. <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. It's a joy to be with God's people. Thank you for having us today. I've known Dr. Will. I think he loves summer vacation so much that he married a summer. And uh, good to know you for all 30 years and uh, known his parents and uh, known his brother who was in the ministry in uh, Monk's Corner. And uh, I come from a very small country, very small, one-third in the size of United States of America, four times or almost five times bigger in population. There's 1.4 billion people live in India. You know, many years ago, I was preaching at First Baptist Knoxville, and Ron Herod was the pastor, and he said to me, he said, uh, Sir, Sam, I forgot to put this in the bulletin, but would it be okay if, uh, for our mission Sunday if uh, our missionary to China comes and shares what God's doing in China? I almost wanted to say no, but you don't, you don't do that to pastors because they can throw you out of the church immediately. So anyway, I said, yeah, it'd be fine. I'll never forget her testimony of what God's doing in China and what the Lord has used them for. Her closing statement was, God loves Chinese because he made more Chinese. <laughs> well, I was to follow that statement. I said, God's changing his mind. <laughs> Three weeks ago, I think almost four weeks ago, India has finally overtaken China's population. We have beaten China for population. Now, that's nothing to brag about when there's so much poverty in India. But just pray that just makes our responsibility a little bigger to take the gospel to those who have not heard. The ministry of Hope Giver started in 1960. In 1959, my father had to make a decision whether to stay on campus or go home. Guess what? He didn't have the 40 cents to go home. Four zero. So he decided to walk home with his two other friends from the Bible college. They walked 500 miles. And I love it. When he was alive, he used to say on Oprah, they tell you if you walk, you lose weight. He said, Sam, we walked 53 days, covered 500 miles, and gained 14 pounds. <laughs> as a result of their walk, 12 churches were established. They're known as the Evangelical Churches of India today. He came back to the Bible College to finish his degree of all the people in the world to be the commencement speaker for Father's graduation was Dr. Bill Bright, founder chairman of Campus Crusade for Christ. He looked at my father. He said, sir, I'm honored to know that you walked 500 miles. Would you be willing to become the national director for Campus Crusade for Christ? My father said, I'm honored by the offer, flattered by the offer. But I've given my life to serve Christ in northern India where there's only one Christian for every 10,000 people. Dr. Will's been there several times. And I told him, I said, you need to come and bring some people with you. I encourage you to come and visit the work of the Lord. Somebody asked me, it was not somebody, it was Dr. Jerry Falwell asked me, he says, hey, Sam, where is India? I said, go to the end of the world, take a left. So, father said to him, he says, well, we're planning to go to northern India where there's only one Christian for every 10,000 people. Dr. Bright said, are you planning to walk the 1,500 miles? 
My father said, yes, unless the Lord provides the way. That statement made Dr. Bright feel guilty. Provided the train fare. On 23rd March, 1960, my father, my mother, two other fellows from the Bible College arrived in the city of Kota, K-O-T-A. Upon their arrival, they knew that the militants didn't like them. They threatened him. They said, Mr. Thomas, if you don't leave this place, don't spread the gospel in our place. Don't ever think about starting a church in this city. It's a small city with 1.9 million people. So my father said, Sam, after that threat, me and your mother went to bed with prayer. Next morning, we were not in heaven. We were still in Kota. We went out preaching. They beat him, broke his skull, put him in prison. While he was in prison, God saved eight people. And they literally had to kick all nine of them out. That's how he started his first local church. From that beginning, with one church in 1960, the Lord has blessed us with over 100,000 churches planted. To God be all the glory for great things he hath done. Since we are live streaming, I have to be careful not to share a lot of details because I'm still on bail. I've been put in prison for preaching the gospel of Christ. And uh, two reasons I'm here today. Number one is the grace of God. And number two, it was George W. Bush that made it possible for me to get out of prison. And I'm still on bail. They're trying to get me arrested every time I go which is every month, I have to go back to India because I'm on bail, so I have to report back to the judge that I have not left India. I'm still back. So one of these days, they're trying to shut this work down. Uh, give you a little encouragement. When Father went to be with the Lord, we had just crossed 23,000 churches planted. And we thank God for his faithfulness in the ministry. Minister of Hope Givers takes care of orphans around the world, whether they're in Burma, whether they're in Nepal, whether they're in Haiti, or whether they're in India. India has 33 million orphan abandoned children living on the street. We're asking God to give us 1 million. And the Minister of Hope Givers today, as I speak, we have almost 6,000 children who are raised as heirs for Christ. Did you know this ministry for the last 62 years? have sent out children from the Hope Homes into full-time ministry. 97% of our children go into full-time ministry. Now, some people say, well, it looks like you brainwash them. We don't. We just don't teach them anything else. We teach them God's Word. Minister of Hope Givers, this is different from any other organization. When you support a child for $35 a month, you don't get to own the child. By that I mean there's no letter every month coming from the child and the donor writes to the child and there's no pen pal. We did that. Guess what? Over 80% of our funds stayed here for the administrative expenses to keep the staff running so that they could make sure that the donors were happy with that. And with the 20% of funds, it was hard for us to feed the kids. So we came up with a strategy. We're the only one that does this in the world. When you support a child in a hope home for $35 a month, it does not go to that particular child. It goes to the home the child lives in. There are 73 homes in India that we have children who are being cared for. Let's say that there was an orphanage with 40 children in a home. Only 20 are sponsored. Do we tell the other 20, well, 
you fast and pray till Sam finds a donor. No. They all 40 will be fed. All 40 will be clothed. All 40 will go to school. All 40 will be given medical care. All 40 will get a Christmas gift. So with that said, we do that so that funds go to the home, not to the child. We've also done this because in the past, we have some rich donors who come to visit these children, and they bring iPad, they bring iWatch, they bring iPhone for them. So imagine a child with 40 children in the home, only one has all the gadget. That's going to create problems. So now we tell the donors, give all those gadgets to the Hope Home. Let every child enjoy the gift. So that's the reason we do this. So do we get to hear from them? Yes. You will get a Christmas card from these children. You will get an Easter card. And you will... I encourage you after the service, please use your smartphone. Just copy the QR code. If you would like for the orphans to pray for you, please send them your prayer request. Let me share something about the orphans. When they pray, they have the ear of the king. They pray three times a day. I'll tell you how I love their prayers. One time I was in one of the Hope Homes because I get to visit all of them. So I was in one of the Hope Homes and this boy, he's 12 years old. He's praying for Mr. Stephen. I had to stop him. I said, sir, he's dead seven years ago. He said, nobody told me. You know what? From that day on, I said, we've got to make sure that the donors understand the greatest privilege they have is for these orphans to pray for them. You need prayer for your family. You need prayer for your children. You need prayer for your health. Please ask the orphans to pray. One of the ministries that we do is church plant. And uh, I'll share about the church plant. Pastor Aji Elias, he's only less than five foot. We call him Zacchaeus of Hope Givers. He graduated from the Bible college. And after COVID, we were not able to send any money. We were not able to keep any uh, correspondence with him. He came to the office a couple months ago. And I said, hey, Aji, how are you? He said, I'm doing well. I said, well, since you graduated, how are things? He said, you remember you sent us three of us to this particular place in northern India? I said, yes. He said, two of them got discouraged and left. I stayed. I said, tell me about it. So Pastor Aji said, well, when I was there, I tried to find a place where they could give us a house for rent. Nobody would give us a house on rent. So what would you do? He says, well, I found a rich man who had a big fence around his house. But he had a nice Labrador tied to a tree. And he says he would bring good leftover meals and give it to the dog. So I made friendship with the dog. I laughed too. I said, and what? He says, I started eating some of dog food. I said, that's gross. Because in India, they don't have dog food that you can buy. It is left over from the rich man's table that the dogs eat. I said, then what happened? He says, one day there was an ambulance, sir, that was coming into this rich man's house. And the guards opened the door and the ambulance went in. And a few seconds later, the ambulance was coming out. I stopped the ambulance. And I asked, what is wrong? And they said, the rich man's wife is sick. He says, I asked them, it would be okay if I lay hands on her and pray for her. I, I, he said, I did. And the Lord healed her. 
as a result, the rich man came to Pastor Ajay says, I've seen you at this place for many months. What can I do for you? Thank you for praying for my wife. He bought the land, built the church for this man. Now he has 289 believers in his church. To God be all the glory for great things he hath done. That's what the ministry of Hope Givers does. We encourage you to please check us out on hopegivers.org. If you want my phone number, it's 1-800-SEND-CASH. <laughs> I want to see if you were listening. Would you please turn in your Bibles to Book of Psalms. Book of Psalms. If you have the right Bible, it's page 506. By the way, we love your pastor. I love his insight into the Word of God. Uh, known him over the years and delight to call him my friend and co-laborer in the Lord's work. Book of Psalms, chapter 8 and verse 3. Book of Psalms, chapter 8 and verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and stars which thou hast ordained. Let's look at that again. When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers. This morning I like to talk about the finger of God. You know, you can ask my wife. We've been married for 36 years. I don't have to watch comedy show. Did you know that? I don't have to watch it. Because I hang out with Christians. They are the funniest people. Let me give you a hint. Hey, Joe, how are you? Oh, fingers crossed, I'm doing better. Where did you get that in the Bible? Jim, how is your business? Knock on wood, it's doing well. Where did you get that? Let me tell you, it's funny how some people are in church, but they're not growing in Christ. We as Christians are not supposed to use these phrases, cross our fingers, knock on wood. I'm here not because I crossed my finger. I'm not here because I tapped on a wood. I'm here because of the grace of God. <laughs> How many of you have heard of Harley Davidson? All right. If you have it, no offense. Did you know that most Harley Davidson has a bell under the gas tank? You don't believe me? Do a Google search. Most of the Harley Davidsons have a bell in the, under the tank. And there's a condition for that bell. You can buy the bell. Somebody has to give it to you as a gift because if you buy the bell, the bell doesn't work for you. So if, suppose I bought the Harley my friend has to buy me the bell so I can stuck it under the tank. Thank you for asking, why do they have the bell? The reason they have the bell is to keep evil spirit while you drive on American highway. Majority of the people that I know personally had that bell and after the preaching they took it off. Friends, I'm not here because there's a bell on my vehicle. I'm here by the grace of God. When I consider thy heavens, the work of your fingers. 
You know, we're talking about the finger of God. The Bible opens by Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Today, many are challenging the inspiration, the infallibility of the Word of God. We need to teach our children who made the universe, who runs it, and to whom each one of us are responsible. Young people in this morning service, I like to say this to you. You hear this word again and again. Oh, we are free to choose. Nobody can force us to choose. We are free to choose. Yes, well, you're right. You're free to choose whatever you want to choose, but you're not free to choose the consequences of your choice. You choose something that will bring eternal damnation, then don't blame God for it. Allow God to be the Lord of your life. There was a scientist who went to the space and he said, when I went to space, I looked around, but I didn't see God. One day he will, when he stands before the judgment seat of Christ. Faith and reason are not opposed. Did you know when David said, when I consider thy heavens, I'm sure he's talking about stars. They say if you count stars at the rate of 125 stars a minute, it will take us 2,000 years just to count the stars in the Milky Way. Did you know they say that it would take 10 billion, B for boy, 10 billion human beings standing side by side to just span the diameter of one average star. The beautiful thing about God not only does he have all these stars in all the galaxies, but he knows them by name. When I consider thy heavens, you see the finger of God in creation. Number two, if you turn your Bible to book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 8 and verse 19. Exodus chapter 8 verse 19. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. The finger of God is seen in the creation. The finger of God is seen in the calamity. In Pharaoh's court, the wizards of Pharaoh came to him and said, in your, we have duplicated all the plagues except the one where you're supposed to turn the dust into lies we cannot do this because we see the finger of god in this plague you know i love god he gave a very hard work for moses don't you think god really made him work hard he had to just remember one sentence with four words let my people go. How hard is that? I'm sure he said, Lord, I, I can't speak. I said, fine, I'll make it short for you. So just use four words. Let my people go. Don't you think God should have just said to Moses, let's make it even shorter. Let people go. No, no, no. This morning, I want to say this to the believers. God will never ask what it does not belong to him. He did not say, let people go. He says, let my people go. Many years ago when I was a student in Columbia, South Carolina, at, which is known as CIU today, there was this professor, Dr. Wenzel, <laughs> Dr. Will, uh, 
This one class I hated was Greek. You know, I'm not as smart as your pastor. I have a PhD, passed high school with difficulty. <laughs> so Dr. Winslow was our Greek professor. He came to us that day. He says, well, ladies and gentlemen, today I'm not going to teach. I almost want to give him a hug. Because he was supposed to have a quiz that day. He says, we have a missionary from Africa. He's going to come and talk to you. I'll never forget Dr. Winslow. He had bifocal and contact lens and still want to teach Greek. He should have got a hint, quit. He didn't. Anyway, long story short, after he, the missionary spoke, my friend, he's six foot five. His name is Mike. After the class, Mike said, man, I need to talk to you. I said, I have a class. He says, no, 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 I, I need to talk to you. God spoke to me. I says, well, if he did, just hold the thought. Let me go to the class, come back. We came back, met for lunch. Mike says, well, today, man, after that child, uh, the African missionary, he spoke, God spoke to me. And I told the Lord that I have two children, and once they grow up and they go through college, to college, then I will go into mission field. And I'm sitting there as an Indian. I said, well, man, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's pretty reasonable that you're so, you said to the Lord that you will go after the education of your children. Well, you have to understand this. This was 1984. A couple of years back, I was preaching in Greensboro, North Carolina. At a missions conference, it was Sunday night, and we were standing, and this gentleman comes to the Hope Giver's table, and he looks at me, and he said, I said, sir, can I help you? He just kept staring at me. And I said, do you like to know more about Hope Givers? He says, Sam, do you know who I am? I said, no. I almost wanted to say all Americans look alike. <laughs> so he says, I'm Mike. He says, Mike, from CIU? He said, yeah. The reason I knew him, because... He had a polio-affected leg. And I said, do you live in Greensboro? He says, no. I heard about the missions conference. I heard that she would come in to speak. And uh, I'm representing missions to Africa. I said, wow, praise God. He said, no, 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 it did not end that way. So what happened? He says, you remember that day when I met you? He said, yeah. After that semester, we were going home, Sam. My wife and I and uh, 18-wheeler hit us from the back. And killed both of my boys. Believers of Gracie Pond. Don't ever underestimate the finger of God. If the finger of God is pointing to you. If the finger of God is paying attention to you. Don't ever ignore him. He knows how to get it. He'll get it. Don't blame it on anybody else except your obedience or disobedience to him. The finger of God is seen in the creation. The finger of God is seen in the calamity. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. The finger of God is seen in writing the Ten Commandments. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 31 that God with his finger wrote on the tablets of stone the Ten Commandments. 
Don't you wish he would have just written those on the whiteboard? They could erase it. His law is permanent. Dr. Will, many years ago when I came to your country, uh, my first place in your country was Queens, New York. Well, what a place. Thank God the rest of the country doesn't look like that. So anyway, so I'm, I'm in Queens. And first time, you have to understand this, I was told so many great things about the country. And I'm just amazed at how clean your country is. No dogs, no cows on the road. Wow, this is amazing. There was this red light, and behind the, at the red light, there was a taxi. And the taxi had a bumper sticker that said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. You have to understand this. I came to your country knowing that this is a Christian nation. And everything that was, I was reading, I connected everything with the Bible. I says, wow, man, I'm not... I can't wait to go back to India and tell them this phrase that God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Doesn't that sound good? But let me tell you, that's hogwash. God said it. That settles it, whether you and I believe it or not. God has not put you in an approval committee to approve his word. His word is settled, infallible, without error. And praise God, we have a Savior who does not change his mind. The finger of God is seen in the creation. The finger of God is seen in the calamity in Pharaoh's court. The finger of God is seen in writing the Ten Commandments. Gospel of John. Chapter 8. When they brought this lady who was caught in the act of adultery, they brought her to Christ and they says, according to the law of Moses, we are commanded to stone her. I love Jesus. <laughs> he listened to all the people who were criticizing this lady, and the Bible says he heard them. He didn't respond. He stooped down and wrote with his fingers something on the sand. You know, I've been preaching for almost 37 years. I still do not know what did he write on the sand. I don't. But I do know what he said after he wrote what he wrote on the sand. He said, if any among you, understand this, he used his finger to write on the sand. He says, if any among you without sin, let him cast the first stone. You know the beautiful thing about Christ? No matter how wicked of a heart you have, how bad of a background you have, Come to Christ. He's willing to deafen his ears to all those who criticize you. He's willing to forgive you. Before I close, let me say this to you. The greatest cult is not Islam. The greatest cult is not Hinduism. The greatest cult is preached from our pulpits. And that is called accept Jesus. That's a cult. Oh, come forward, come forward, accept Jesus. That's a cult, friend. That's not the gospel. The gospel is repent of your sin. Confess him with your mouth that he's the Lord. Then come to him, he'll forgive you. 
When you tell people, come to Jesus, you're just giving them one more choice. You can choose any gods, but just include Christ in that. No, no. My God is a jealous God. He does not want to share his glory with anybody else. That's the reason people hate us. Because we don't say Christ is the best redeemer. He is the redeemer. The savior. You know, Jesus sees every weed as a potential rose. He sees every doubter as a potential believer. He sees every believer as a potential saint. Now, you may ask this morning, Brother Thomas, what is the finger of God? It's seen in the creation. It is seen in the calamity in Pharaoh's court. It is seen in writing the Ten Commandments. It is seen when he writes on the sand. Thank you for asking, what is the finger of God? It's in Luke chapter 11, verse 15. They came to Christ and said, Lord, I know that you're casting the demons in the name of the chief of demons. His name is Belzebub. We know you're using Belzebub as the name by means to eradicate evil spirit. Jesus responded to them in verse 20 of Luke chapter 11. If I, with the finger of God, Cast out devils. No doubt the finger of God has come. You know what the finger of God is? The finger of God is the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God did not come on the day of Pentecost. It was there before the creation. Holy Spirit of God made this beautiful creation. Holy Spirit of God worked in Pharaoh's court. Holy Spirit of God wrote the Ten Commandments. Holy Spirit of God wrote with his fingers. Many years ago when I was put in jail for preaching the gospel, when they arrested me, they said, we're going to put you in a holding cell. Understand this, English is not my first language. So I thought holding cell means you're supposed to be in a room and hold on to something. A holding cell is where they keep you till next morning and the chief of police will come and decide according to the crime that you've committed what cell you'll be spending time in. So they put me in this room and it was pretty dark. I didn't know the size of the room. And uh, they stuck me in there. And uh, while I was inside that room, I thought it was just me. And I could hear somebody breathing in the room. And by the way, if you don't know this, it's very hard to see another Indian in the dark. <laughs> so I said, anybody there? And two of them responded. Long story short, they were arrested because they were caught driving under the influence. And they looked at me and said, Mr. Thomas, don't worry about it. Not Mrs. Thomas. said, don't worry about us. They didn't know who I was. They said, don't worry about us. Our boss will come and he'll bail us out. <laughs> To me, they've been frequent visitors. This was my first time. So as we were sitting there and just thinking, I was just not knowing what's going to happen. You hear this person being drugged to this holding cell. This lady is screaming from the top of her lungs. And we don't know what is happening because there's an aluminum sheet on the gate of the room that I was in. Because it's 
doors, the gates made from the iron bars. And the reason they keep aluminum sheets so that thieves don't try to open the door. Finally, you could hear them unlock the door. They shove this lady in. So there's now three men and this lady, still dark. She is cussing from the top of her lungs. Abusive language. A few minutes later, I think she got tired of screaming. She had to catch breath, and then she calmed down. A few minutes later, I don't know how long it was, but sunlight came up, and as soon as she saw me, she said, Mr. Thomas. I said, yes, ma'am. So I've seen you in my village bringing the Jesus film to us. And by the way, sir, yesterday evening at 7 o'clock, I have killed my husband. They've been married for 17 years. He was an alcoholic. He would come every evening and abuse me. And I got sick of him, and I just killed him, stabbed him. Still have the dry bloods in my hand. I've given my knife, and I came to the police station, surrendered myself. By the way, I have a request. I know I'll spend life in prison for killing him, but I have a request. Would your ministry take care of my only daughter? She's very young. She's at home. And I said, yes. To myself, I said, Sam, you're not going to get out. What do you mean, yes? So, of course, one of our in charge from one of the homes came to see me if I was okay in prison. So I told him about this lady. I says, please get the address from her. See if you can rescue the girl. They did. 62 days later, when I was released from prison, I went to the home. This particular home had 2,300 children when I was arrested. By the time I came out, they sent all the children back on the streets. There's only 73 left. So as I was greeted by the 73 there was this girl that was leaning against the church building of Ripra where Dr. Will's been she was leaning against that building and I said to the pastor of the place I said is she okay he said oh yeah yeah she's fine I said she's standing at a distance that's why I asked he said oh by the way sir she's the daughter of that girl lady who was in prison with you oh I forgot about that I went to her I said Hello, how are you? She said, I'm fine. So do you like this place? She said, yes, sir, I love this place. This is the first time in my life I had three meals every day. This is the first time I've been to school. She's almost 13. First time I went to school. I said, what would you like to become? She said, I'd like to become a policewoman, of course. Minister of Hope were trains orphans to be arrows for Christ. We never had anybody go to police academy. I said, you'd be the first one. Make the long story shorter. A few years later, we were at a graduation service, and I was shaking hands with 740 students who graduated and took a martyr's oath. So I was shaking hands, and I come across this student. I said... Are you so-and-so? She said, yes. I said, I thought you want to be in police academy. She says, this orphanage has taught me about the grace of God. This has taught me about how to forgive my mother. I have forgiven her, and I've decided to go into full-time ministry. 
I said, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to marry a pastor and help him in the ministry. I says, of course, Sam's pretty nosy. I says, which pastor? She said, he's standing number two from the front. I'll turn around. I said, I know him. He grew up in the orphanage. I said, she said, yes. I said, does he know you want to marry him? So there was this guy from Oklahoma, Rex Austin. He says, Sam, we got to shake hands with all the others. I said, oh, wait a minute. There's some connection here. I'd like to know what's happening. So does he know? She says, kind of. This was Saturday. Next Sunday, they were married. If young people, you want marriage counsel, come to India. It's less than 10 days. You know what that lady is doing? I can't mention her name because we are live stream. But the Lord blessed them with twins. And she's in charge of an orphanage with 118 boys. Raising them up to be arrows for Christ. Why did I share that? The finger of God took Samuel Thomas into the cell. The finger of God brought this lady who killed her husband into the cell. The finger of God connected us so that we could know about her daughter. And finger of God used that daughter, saved her, and now she's responsible for raising future missionaries who would take the gospel to those who have never heard. Do you feel the finger of God? Do you feel the finger of God pointing to you? Pay attention to it. Don't ever take the finger of God for granted. He's still writing on the wall like he did in the book of Daniel. He'll still write. Don't ever say to him, Lord, I can't hear you. He's speaking. Just be obedient to him. Let's bow our heads.